Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Happy third anniversary to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We've been bringing you pharmacy leaders and stories of success for three years. And we're so excited that you've chosen to spend your time listening and growing with us. We also have some exciting news in that we will be sharing a book called How Pharmacists Lead. Go check it out on Amazon for a pre-sale. And we are going to be sharing some of these women in pharmacy who have been leaders and their stories to inspire you. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Linda Dumas. She uh, is a graduate of the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences class of 2010 and is currently a pharmacy manager in Florida with a uh, grocery store chain. She is also an assistant pharmacy professor at the University of Florida, uh, newly hired and will be starting this fall and teaching via Zoom. Uh, So that'll be an interesting experience. We'll have to learn more about that. Uh, So she's got about 10 years as a pharmacist and is a new, um, uh, has newly started a business, um, Apothea, um, uh, this summer. And uh, we're excited to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for having me, Hillary. I am so excited to be here. I have been a fan of your podcast for a while and super excited to chat with you. Well, thanks for for joining us, uh, Linda. And um, now that our our listeners have heard just a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Yes. So um, like you said, I've been a pharmacist for 10 years. I've worked for two different um, major corporations. I currently work for a grocery chain in the Southeast called Publix. And I've been a manager there for five years. And um, during quarantine, I decided to start my own pharmacy consulting business called Apothea. So uh, it was a New Year's resolution in 2020. I had hit my 10-year anniversary as a pharmacist, and I just felt that I needed to contribute to the profession and was looking for a creative outlet. So I started building my website and brand. And we all know what happened in March, COVID. So all of a sudden, I was kind of at a point with my new business where I was kind of, it was looking like I was either going to be put on hold or, you know, I was going to have all of this time to dedicate to it. So I decided to jump all in and go for the small business. And during quarantine, I spent a lot of time building up my brand and website, and it really gave me a lot of time to focus on my goal. Awesome. Um, So yeah, Linda, um, I guess we could kind of start there. Um, A lot of people, you know, are are interested in in starting businesses and things. How did you come up with the name? And, um, you know, what are you planning to do with the consulting? 
So this idea of starting a consulting business has been floating in my head for over a year. And when 2020 happened, I felt like it was a new decade and I needed to really pull this dream together and turn it into reality. So I got a designer that I started working with and I have always loved uh, the word apothecary. So I kind of wanted to do a play on words on that uh, apothecary. So apothea came out of that. And it was really just writing down um, my business plan and turning it into reality. And I've had to broaden my focus because of COVID. My initial goal of the business was to do um, institutional consulting, like long-term care. But, you know, when COVID happened, all of those places really tightened up their um, entry into the facilities. So it was at that point that I decided to start a blog with Apothea. And that's really been a good decision. I've met a lot of people through it. And, uh, you know, a lot of different pharmacists have reached out. So it's been really fun. Awesome. So what kind of topics are you posting about on the blog and, and would people be able to, to learn about through um, your website? So I started Apothea because I wanted to become a trusted resource and I've counseled patients for years. And what I found is that a lot of patients and people get caught up in the marketing of products and they don't really know what they need or what they really want. So my goal for Apothea is to break all of that down and make it really clear for people to understand what they're getting, what they need. And, you know, packaging looks pretty, but do people need all of the stuff that's in it? So my goal is to become a trusted health resource and to help people make better choices and decisions. Awesome. So Linda, um, you know, right now you're also working full-time as, as a retail pharmacist. And as we all know, um, pharmacists are, you know, essential health workers. Uh, people can't not come into the pharmacy and get their medications. Um, so being in Florida, what were some of the changes uh, that, you know, you all experienced um, within the retail setting? And, you know, uh, of course, we know there, there's been a lot of state-specific changes and things. Um, talk us through a little bit about how that's been now that we're about four months in uh, to the pandemic. Right. So when, the, when COVID first started, Florida wasn't impacted that greatly in the beginning. We would mostly see how bad it was in New York, and I think it took its time to get down to Florida. But when it first started, you know, there was a lot of panic from people. You know, everybody thought the pharmacy was going to close or the grocery stores were going to close. And so as a pharmacist, we have to give these people encouragement that we're still going to be there for them. You know, however that looks, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And so some changes that have came down because of COVID um, included the plexiglass at all the windows in the pharmacy so that we were having a barrier between patients and the pharmacy staff. Mm -hmm. So 
Also, what came down is that we were wearing masks now for 12 hours a day or, you know, all day long we had, we were required to wear our masks. And we also started doing curbside prescription deliveries out to the parking lot for people who really didn't feel comfortable coming into the store. So I feel that as a pharmacy staff and a pharmacy that we really adapted to making these changes to help people feel safe. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 drug disposal of controlled substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Yeah. So, so Publix traditionally does not have a drive-through. And so adapting some of those changes, um, was a way for people to not have to come in, go through the grocery store, stand in line, um, et cetera. Oh, wow. And, and any other, you know, changes or things, uh, you know, I know, a lot of more 90 day supplies. Did y'all, did y'all see an increase in traffic, a decrease in traffic? What, what was kind of the the volume or how, how has that changed over the past few months? Yes. Yeah, so we definitely did see uh, an increase in traffic when COVID first broke on the news. People were really concerned, like I said, that the pharmacies were going to shut down. So everybody was requesting 90 days. And so that was, a change in our business because people that were normally getting 30 days were now getting 90 days. So as a manager, we really had to adapt to the changes in the inventory and just managing the team throughout COVID. There was, you know, constant policy changes and procedures and just staying on top of all of the emails and checking them. You know, I would get into the habit of checking them every hour just to see if anything new came at down. I wanted to make sure that we were following that procedure like as soon as we could. And as a manager, I really focused on being proactive rather than reactive. So something that our team identified pretty early on was that, you know, we were still taking money from patients and we were still taking written prescriptions from patients. So what could we do to protect ourselves from that exchange of paper? So we came up with a system as a team that we were going to set a timer to go off every 30 minutes and to wash our hands every 30 minutes just to make sure that, you know, if we had accepted money from somebody that might have had COVID or, you know, because COVID could be asymptomatic, so that person might not even know it, um, that we were protecting ourselves and washing our hands. Yeah, definitely. Being able to adapt uh, in times of crisis is an important skill set. And I think that that pharmacists are certainly uh, well, well equipped to hopefully handle that. So Linda, what are some of the questions and things that you know, kind of popped up related to patients uh, over the past few months that you've experienced? So a lot of patients were coming in and asking for consults in regards to different type of supplements that they could take to 
increase their immunity. So I saw a lot of people asking for zinc because zinc was on the news that it was part of the COVID treatment plan. And so people wanted to get their hands on zinc and just have it on hand in case they got it. So obviously the shelves were empty of zinc at that point. And so people started looking for elderberry and vitamin C and healthy ways that they could eat. Did I know any secrets that could prevent them from getting it? Um, You know, pharmacists are just a trusted health resource. So people come to you when they're in panic and, you know, they don't know what to take and we're on the front lines. So we are so much more accessible to ask a question to than calling your primary care doctor and then waiting on hold and then leaving a message and waiting for a callback. So I saw a lot of people, you know, just looking for some type of advice, something that they could take to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about um, immunization? So I know that, you know, there are, there's, you know, or Operation Warp Speed, we are, are aggressively trying to figure out a vaccine for COVID-19. And there's been several companies or a lot of companies that have jumped in to try to, to help with this. Um, and some promising uh, results, or at least initial findings, I think they're starting you know, some volunteer trials. I, I know even a company here in Nashville is going to be starting. They've gotten a contract with one of the drug companies to be able to, to do that here. Um, and we'll be launching that pretty soon. So what about, you know, immunizations like pharmacists uh, or pharmacies are a great place to get those. Um, how have you seen changes with that? Or are you guys, you know, getting prepared for kind of this new wave of of course with with flu season kind of coming up within the next couple months of getting you know flu shots and stuff um what are some of the things that y'all are doing to prepare right so that's so interesting about the company in Tennessee I, I definitely want to hear more about that um for the vaccines um so we had a lot of people coming in also looking to get caught up on their vaccinations during covid you know uh, we have a system in Florida called the Florida Shots Records where we can log in and check a patient's immunization status and see all of their history on all of the shots that they've gotten and what they're due for. So we had a, a lot of people coming in looking to get caught up on their vaccines, which makes me happy as a pharmacist because, um, you know, they need it anyways. So we were helping people get caught up on their vaccines, but we did have a period of time, you know, when the we got different regulations coming down about the six foot distance. We did um, halt our immunization program for a period of time until we felt like we had the right PPE, which included a face shield, and then we were able to start re-vaccinating people. So we were giving um, shots wearing a face mask as well as a face shield which is a little intimidating for patients. I would always get a little Mm -hmm. like a look from people when they saw me coming out dressed up like that. But, you know, it was just a matter of explaining that it's for protecting them and protecting myself as well. So we did do, you know, vaccinations during COVID. Just people even were coming back looking to see if they could get their flu shot from the previous year that they put off getting. And now they 
were worried that they didn't get it. So, and at that point, you know, obviously the flu season, past flu season is over. So we weren't, you know, giving that out, but just, I had people asking to get on the list for when the COVID shot comes out. Um, so people are really looking for this, this vaccine. I, I feel strongly that once it comes out that a lot of people are going to be lining up to get it. Yeah, I, I definitely think so too. Um, well, Linda, um, so you also mentioned that you're a mom and, um, you know, I'm getting ready for that, that, uh, you know, parenthood, uh, here soon. Um, but I really have been just, you know, feeling for parents during all of this because, um, you know, especially, well, um, you know, any parents, but, um, definitely even, you know, working moms and dads, um, some may not have the flexibility to be able to work from home, but even if you are, you know, you might be doing homeschool and trying to, um, get your child set up with some kind of zoom or, or Google conference with their teachers and, uh, just a lot to manage. So, um, you know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what your experience has been so far, just, um, first being a mom in general and, and working full time, and then maybe a little more specifically about kind of what's happened over the last couple of months. Yes, of course. I love talking about being a mom. I have a four-year-old son. His name is William. And he is such a good boy. He's so happy and he loves to be outside um, and playing with friends. So it's it's hard working as a full-time pharmacist and manager and being a mom because you constantly feel like you're balancing, you know, work and being home and going back and forth between the two. Um, so it's definitely a skill that I've had to learn um, how to separate myself from work when I'm home with him so that I can focus exclusively on my time with him. And then when I'm at work, just fo- trying to you know focus on work and getting all of my tasks done. So I've been at this for four years. So I think I've developed a good system for it. And it definitely takes time, I think, that any working mom will say the same, um, especially being a retail pharmacist. It's the job's demanding. And my schedule is a 12-hour day. So I work two 12-hour days and then I'm off for two days. So that was a good balance for me. I felt like I could still pursue my career. And then I had two days off at home with him where I felt like I could do some of the stay-at-home mom things with him, take him to the library and the beach and, you know, the park. So it was, it's been a good transition. Um, and I'm very happy that I'm able to do both. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, gosh, I just can't imagine doing doing Zoom meetings for a four year old class. That's that's got to be a lot. Um, what are what are the schools kind of looking like um, in Florida, or have they made any decisions? Or I guess because he would be would he be going into kindergarten this fall, or um, just into the pre K, the the fours? 
Yeah. So William is starting in the pre-VK in August, actually. So just a couple weeks more in the three-year-old classroom because they move them up um, following the school calendar year. So even though he's four right now, he's in the three-year-old classroom until they start the new school year. Got it. So, um, yeah, so our school did close during COVID, and that was really challenging because we don't have family in town. Um, we do have some trusted friends that we ask for help when we need it for, you know, date night, which doesn't happen anymore. But um, so we did have some friends that we could ask, but during COVID, it was such a hard time because, you know, everybody's quarantining and, um, you know, we both work in healthcare. My husband is a physical therapist assistant. So he is working pretty close with people as well as myself. So we did not feel comfortable asking anybody for help. So we took it all upon ourselves to manage my son's care throughout COVID with the school being closed. So, um, it kind of was convenient that I do work 12 hour days during COVID during, um, COVID and just in general, because it only required my husband to take off either two or three days from his job. And with physical therapy, he was also seeing a decline in patients just because of the six foot distancing. So, um, it was, good that I had this schedule because it required him to take the least amount of time off. Whereas if we had both been working five days a week, that would have been a really big challenge. Yeah. Wow. So we just kind of uh, juggled him back and forth. So I would stay home with him for two days. Then my husband would stay home for two days and then I would come back and, you know, like back and forth like that. So we didn't really see each other that much. My husband and I didn't really see each other that much throughout COVID because we had to make these accommodations so that we could be home with William. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we had to do Zoom meetings with our four-year-old. And that was, that was an interesting experience and something that I will never forget because it was you know, his teacher would send out the link in the morning, we would all log in and he has about eight kids in his class. So all the kids would be on the screen with their moms or their dads. And the teacher would start out by reading a story. And then she would do like a project for the day. So I remember one day she was teaching us how um, flowers absorb water. And she did an experiment through zoom where she added food coloring to um, a white daisy. And then the next day we would go back and see how the daisy had turned blue. And so it was cool. You know, it was, it was fun that we got to continue the curriculum and continue to read books and do little science experiments with the kids. But, um, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you've done Zoom meetings where everybody wants to talk all at once. And then Nobody can understand what they're saying. So just imagine, you know, eight, four-year-olds trying to comment. (laughs) So it was was a little bit of, you know, chaos for a little while until the kids kind of got the hang of it that, you know, one person would talk at a time and, um, 
yeah, I have, I took some screenshots of those Zoom meetings that are definitely going to go into his baby book one day. And we'll just remember this time of COVID and uh, Zoom teaching. (laughs) Wow. That is so funny. Well, Linda, um, it's been neat to get a little bit more insight into, um, you know, wine, your work as a retail pharmacist and um, some of the experiences there, you know, you can always do some, some extra things on the side, like you're, you know, taking some time to, to start something new. Um, and that's exciting. And just to hear a little bit of insight into, you know, family life, cause that's important as well. Um, one of the, fa- my favorite questions that I like to ask all of our guests at the end of our podcast is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or, for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? That's a great question. I love that question. I, um, I work with students quite often. I precept also at my site. So I have an intern right now. And one thing that I always tell students coming out of school is, well, first off, um, you know, don't worry about the student loan debt because you know, you're going to be able to pay it off and you're going to get out of that hurdle. And so don't put too much stress into that. I wish that somebody would have told me that um, 10 years ago, but also that, you know, when you, whatever field that you go into, whether it be retail or hospital, that doesn't limit you to doing something else. And I always felt limited that I was a retail pharmacist, but, you know, I can go and get certifications to do consulting and I can start a website and meet other people. And, you know, just being a host on, I mean, a guest on this podcast is so like awesome and exciting, you know, for somebody who's been a retail pharmacist for so long, like it's nice to talk about, this, these pharmacy topics that, you know, we, we see all the time. So I guess just don't worry about, you know, what you decide to do right out of school, because it doesn't define you. And there's always an opportunity to advance your career and elevate yourself however you want to do that. Awesome. Such great advice, Linda. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Hillary. It was really great to talk to you, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see baby pictures soon. It will be soon. Thank you. (laughs) Have a great Our new book on women in leadership will be launching soon. Head over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead to sign up to be in the first to get access to our new book on women in pharmacy leadership. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We are going to be relaunching our newsletter, so be sure that you're signed up over at pharmacyadvisory.com. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter, and we're going to be sharing some good content there. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.